What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything going on in the world of Asian MMA. This episode is brought to you by Broken Cups. I'm Dana Bluen, and today's episode is something different. We've got an interview with Thailand-based MMA fighter and friend of the show, Javier Truello. I thought it was a good idea to catch up with him ahead of his fight at Full Metal Dojo at the end of the month. So let's get right into the interview. All right, man. So how you been? Dude, I've been great, man. Uh, just uh, one more hard week of uh, training and then showtime, man. Fight week is yeah, the right. It's right around the corner. Yeah. So Javier, you're you're fighting another guy out of Monarchy, right? Tell me about the fight. Yeah. So uh, John hit me up. Uh, I think believe it was like a couple week ago, uh, saying we believe we got a guy for you. He's gonna be out of Monarchy MMA. Um, so that was the uh, the Monarchy is like where they also have Medi. And yep, the, the my, coach my, there. Yep. And he's a wrestling coach there. And. Uh, and for my professional career, they have a win over me. And even though I'm not fighting Medi, the fact that I'm fighting this gym, you know, kind of at least sets the sets the record straight. Yeah, I want to be one and one with these guys. And um, knowing that, I think Medi got signed to one Warrior Series, so I think any chance at a at a at a at a rematch isn't going to be in the very near future at all. So this is the closest thing I can get. Unless you get signed with one, right? Unless I get signed with one. But um, when it comes to them, you know, I. I like I, I, I was approached by them actually before uh, taking this fight. So. Oh really? They they approached you for uh, to get you signed up? Uh, for, they wanted me to sign with their One Warrior series, and um, with, with their development league. Yeah, exactly. And I was interested in it, and he told me that like uh, the the promoter that I taught or the the guy on there, and they told me that um they wanted they had a few shows coming up and they were interested in having me on one of them and i already explained to them that i was going to be fighting for fnd but they really wanted me on this card i believe that would just pass which was in august yeah, the bangkok card no it was not for the bangkok for the singaporean one for the one warrior series oh some some kid from australia on it but i just said it was a little too close and i didn't have the money to get a ct scan and what kind of made it iffy was like that wasn't even a get. I so I had to pay out of my own pocket, and then if everything was approved, then they would give me the fight. So like it was kind of like a you know I just moved up here, so it was kind of like well I'm trying to still settle myself. I don't have that much money just to fork over and you know not even be guaranteed a fight. So that, that's, that's a tough one. You're training with a team quest up there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm training with the guys up here now. This will probably be like my third month training with them. And uh, man, I'm loving it, dude. These guys are great, dude. I, I I really love the team here. You know, it's I mean, it's not as big of a camp as like what's going on in Phuket, but I never came from a big camp. You know, I feel when you have, you know, a minimum of 10 10, 12 guys on a, on a mat is more than enough, you know, and as long as they're hardworking dudes when all these guys are extremely talented here, um, I felt like my, I, I'm improving greatly, man, since the last time we talked, you know, um, shoot, man, I even got my brown belt the other day. So. Yeah, I saw it. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. So, so yeah, training with these guys, it, it, it's been great so far, man, you know, um, and I, I just feel really prepared for this fight. Like I said, I mean, every time when, when I talk, talk just to you or to other people, when they say, well, you feel like, you know, you've been out for a year, you know, do you feel like you're regressing? I was like, no, nah, man, this is, this is, I, I live the martial arts lifestyle. Like I make a living off of teaching other people. I, I make a living off of PTs and I, you know, doing fights and, and, and all this stuff. This is, this is who I am, you know? So 
every day I'm improving. And, and, and then particularly in the last like two months since I made the move up here and I feel there's less distractions and I'm surrounded by like-minded people who have the same goals as me. Like, um, I feel, I, I feel really elevated in my game and, and I can't wait to, to put on a great show for everybody, man. You know, come back to Bangkok with a, with a stronger mindset and I feel a better skill set than I had before, you know. So what precipitated the move up there for you? Well, man, like, uh, I ended up moving up here because my, my, my visa was up with elite. And when we we're going to go to renegotiate, they wanted me to do, um, more like exercise group classes type thing and, and wanted me to cut back on the jujitsu program. And then they said that they wanted to cut the MMA program completely and have all of the sponsored fighters start paying. So that basically meant, you know, most, most fighters don't have money. You know, most of these guys don't have that type of cash that they were asking to fork over. So they left and now I had no team and I wasn't going to be teaching as much jujitsu as I wanted to. I mean, I'm a certified personal trainer as well, but I just, you know, that's not, that's not where my heart is, you know? And so if I wasn't going to be coaching full time, as I thought the original agreement was going to be, I said, listen, guys, I, ha I have to move on. And, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in my prime and, um, you know, I, I still want to continue to fight, you know, it's still in my heart. You know, I thought I wanted to coach full time and eventually run a 10th planet school there, but I still feel in my heart, man, that I'm, I'm still a fighter and I still have a lot to prove, you know? Nice. So you, you basically packed up, left Bangkok, moved to Chiang Mai to, to essentially train full time and be a yeah, full time player. You know, and, and a lot of things synchronized at the same time. Um, my very, actually my very first friend that I ever made when I came to Thailand, he married a Thai woman started a business up here and he had asked me what, you know, what had been going on down there and how I was doing. I kind of explained to him the situation. He's like, why don't you come up here? And, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I have a guest bedroom that you can stay in. And once you get on your feet and you get on your own, you know, you're more than welcome to stay here, brother. And, and it was sweet, man. Got here, started making headway, start, I'm starting to teach at pure grappling, you know, and, um, started to build a little thing for myself in, in just like the last couple of months. So, you know, nice, man. yeah, man. I, and, and what I like about this whole thing, this process of me moving up here is that it made me realize that I, I don't need a gym to survive. I don't need, you know, people responses or I don't need to be like this Conor McGregor type dude. I just, I, I'm enough, you know, like I'm already have a, a big, following here in thailand i could go anywhere and start something for myself you know yeah for sure man yeah. you know and so how this how did this fight come about with uh, fmd well man like um so i was up here is it was kind of funny you know how how like it all like and john giving me a call because i not that i had like a a little bit of like a breakdown but like just the way things were in Bangkok and then coming up here and feeling like where I was at in my career. Like, you know, I thought I put on a great performance the last FMD and I was hoping I'd get picked up by another promotion and, and, you know, nobody, you know, nobody was picking up the, the phone calls. So I, you know, I was, I felt like I was in a little bit of a slump and then getting up here, I kind of had a, like, just like a moment where like, I kind of felt really broken down. It's like, well, you know, I'm 29 years old and, and, you know, this is what I came out here to do. And, and so what, what, you know, what am I going to do about it? So I kind of got depressed. I had one night out and, you know, long story short, I just, uh, you know, had a night out and on the town and, and I show up with a, with a, 
with uh, scratches all over me, a busted hand, and and uh, like a little T-shirt that I wasn't wearing before. You know, the little little, <laughs> little extra small like T-shirt on the side of the highway at five in the morning with my hand, <laughs> with my hands in, you know, with my head in my hands, and just wondering like, where the what am I doing with my life? And and uh, in that moment, I realized, you know what, man, you're exactly where you need to be. You know, you're exactly where you need to be with your career, and you're exactly what you wanted to do. And I think, like, I want to just not only just uh, express this to you, but express this to any fighter that's listening to this or anybody that that wants to pursue this. Know that you're probably not going to be a Conor McGregor. You know that this is this this sport that we're in is like being a musician. I I've known a ton of great guitarists, a ton of people, and they've never been picked up because maybe they don't have the right haircut, maybe they don't know the right people. It's just the way of the world, you know. And so it's the same with this martial arts, man. You 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 got to do it because you love it. So like for me at the beginning, it was like, okay, I want to be uh, the UFC champion. I want to be the baddest man on the planet, you know? And it's like, okay, well, what would that mean? I get the belt. I'm the baddest man on the planet. The day after, what would that mean? What, what would that, 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 that goal have set? And it was like, well, if, if I had all these things, I would get to wake up in the morning I would get a train. It's like, what would that mean for me, right? What, what would if I became a superstar, a Conor McGregor, of any of these dudes? What would that mean for a day-to-day basis? If I got that goal, and it was like, I gotta get up in the morning. I gotta do train. I gotta eat good food. I gotta hang out with my friends and my family, and then go train again. And that would be my life. And then I realized in that moment, I'm already living that in Thailand. You know. I came over here not speaking the language and I made something for myself. You're already there, dude. And for some reason, from that moment, I just built momentum. I started working out every day. I started like, I, I it rekindled the new fire in me, you know? And I started coming to the gym and just trying to be, you know, trying to help out everybody else out. They're trying to help me out and just trying to be a, a good, positive influence, you know, for everybody around me. And, and ever since that day, dude, I just felt like everything is, is just building and building and building. You know, I'm already at where I've always wanted to be. I made my goal and I'm happy with that. And now I get to show everybody come August 31st what I've been doing, you know. So, so now you're kind of at peace with where you're at. You feel your training is going well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's your game plan coming into the fight? Man, dude, it, the thing is, is, is that there's so many ways I can finish him, you know, there's, I've finally come into my own in my striking where I feel like I just know what the game is going on. I can read people now, you know, I, I can understand it. And that was always my biggest fear was the striking uh, part of MMA. And now I've embraced it completely, you know, going to some of my old coaches. I used to train at a gym out here called Santai. And I picked up a few little tricks that when I was a brand new, when I first came up here, I just never picked up on. And now I can see them and now I can, I can embrace it, you know, and then train with the guys here at King Quest. I love it, man. Jack Ferguson, Amr, freaking Big Jack, Little Jack, dude, they're all about freaking adjectives here. You know, all these guys, man, are just <laughs> hungry, you know, and, and they want to train all the time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm living off site with like a couple other guys in a condo. We'll knock on each other's door. Yo, dude, you want to go do some sparring? You want to go do some drilling? And and I love it, man. You know, it's like I'm really living the fighter's life. Yeah, that's a tight knit group up there at Team Quest, dude. and I know their style seems like just kind of a good match for you and the way you fight. Absolutely, man. And I think that's why like my game has been elevated so much. So if we stand on the feet, I'm gonna knock that dude out. You know, I mean, I, I've been watching his videos and I've been reading them, and there's nothing I haven't seen from him before. 
I know that he has been just training for about five years, six years. You know, I've, I've been training twice as much as that, you know, and just seeing him, I, I can read what he's going to do. And if he does shoot on me, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Jorge Mazabal him for sure, dude. You know, I've been just wrecking a lot of knees. He likes to take a lot of shots randomly and doesn't set them up. So if he doesn't shut one up, he's going to, he's going to pay for it. And if he does get me to the ground, he's even more fucked. You think you've got the answer no matter where the fight goes? Bro, man, I've been doing this for a long time. I've trained with world champions. I've trained with the best people. I've, I've lost fights. You know, I've, I've been down and I've come back. You know, I, I feel, and as a man, like, I feel like I've matured. So I know how to deal with adversity. If something were to happen in there, I know how to come back from it now. You know? For sure, man. For sure. Now, do you, do you plan to be more active now that you're up at Chiang Mai, you're training with Team Quest? Do you plan to be more active than you previously were at Elite? Absolutely, man. I mean, that was the thing. It's just that, you know, once the team was away, then the guys all, all went their separate ways, you know. And um, for me here, there's more connections. These guys have connections. Like, I might possibly be fighting at the end of September in Egypt on one of the Brave cards. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and then possibly taking a fight in the Philippines with two other guys that are also going to be fighting from Team Quest that are going to be fighting over there. So, I think being out here, I've, I've established more connections for, for other promotions as well. So, hopefully something works out with that, man. Um, if not, like, like I, I've been thinking also for the last couple of months is, you know what, dude, like, who has it right and who I think a lot of other fighters, particularly out here or, or anywhere, should be following is uh, Will, Will Choke, man. He has the right mind state for what, what as fighters, we got to do. Because if you're sitting waiting around for MMA fights all the time, you know, people get hurt, promotions cancel, you know, events get canceled, this and that, dude. It's few and far between. And unless you're one of these dudes that's in the club, you know, you, you got to take what you can get, you know. Take Muay Thai fights, you know. Take jujitsu matches. Take bare-knuckle boxing, you know. Whatever it is that you got to do, and eventually you're going to break in. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a high frequency game he's playing, though, man. That's that's no joke. It is true, man. And I mean, he he he's more of a striker, and that's his background. Whereas where I would rather compete more in jujitsu tournaments, you know, which I have been doing over the last year. Any tournament that's been coming up, I sign up for it, you know. And um, absolutely, and I've been winning. I've been winning a lot of them, man. And um, like I feel like the confidence in my jujitsu game has gone up high, and. What's kind of cool about Asia as of lately, because jiu-jitsu is becoming so popular in the last couple of years, I see that there are money tournaments and super fights all the time. So, you know, I've already got in a few money tournaments and won some cash. And it's like, well, sweet, man. Like, uh, you know, Siam Sub-Series, Alex Shields' um, uh, uh, tournament. The last one yeah. I went to, it was 15000 to win your division, another 15000 if you won absolute, and then you got uh, prizes as well with that. So you could walk away with a thousand dollars or thirty thousand baht in your pocket, and a few other kickbacks. You know, that's more than I've made for an MMA fight. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing man. Wrong so with the walking away with some cash. Yeah, and they're they're doing like a lot of these quintet styles in like Taiwan, where they're paying them like you know six thousand dollars worth of, of of cash split between three dudes. That's two grand each, man. So it's not. Bad. Yeah. So the grappling scene is, is picking up here, and I think my style is. You know, I wreck anybody in a sub only style. So, you know, for me, that's going to be my avenue. That's where maybe striking so much, not, not my, not going to be my forte. Unless it's bare knuckle boxing. I definitely want to take a bare knuckle boxing fight. Yeah, you're down for bare knuckle? Yeah, man, absolutely. One, I think it's safer. I know people think I'm crazy for thinking that, but it is safer. Yeah, there's more cuts, 
But on the end of the day, you have to be smarter, smarter about the shots you pick because you could break your hand. You know, if you hit the top. Well, also, yeah, more more broken hands in that yeah. game as well. Yeah, but I feel I I never I never really swing wild. Anyways, I feel like I'm very calculated when I pick my shots, and I have a lot of confidence in my boxing game, particularly for the um, for their style, man. Like uh, I looked over the rule set, and I thought, you know what, I, I think I can excel in in this style of, of boxing because they do allow you to grapple a little bit. They do allow you a little. Um, little like clinch fighting in, in the in the pocket there and you can collar tie you can do all sorts like that and it's like man dude i already box like that i can do this is there anyone uh throwing bare knuckle in asia well i mean i don't know if i'm supposed to be saying that but like i know john is trying to bring it and i'm trying to do everything i can to help him bring it and bring awareness to it here in thailand you know i would love to be one of the first guys to be, to be sanctioned fighting bare knuckle boxing in thailand for sure It'd be interesting i mean they already do bare knuckle muay thai yeah. or they, they use the rope so it's not that big of a departure yeah absolutely man so like i i, I think I, I could do very well in that you know and um you have to pick more shots to the bodies and 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 because we wear small gloves in mma anyways i don't really see the difference in danger you know like if anything i do i do feel it is safer because you do have to worry about breaking your hand so you can't be doing all these crazy shots on people you have to be smart. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that aspect to it. You can't you, you can't throw everything, every shot, because like you said, you will break your hand. Yeah. Now, I know last time we talked uh, about a year ago, uh, you were interested in trying to get on Risen's radar. Yeah. You know, and, and back then they weren't throwing a ton of events. They've really picked up their frequency since then. Have you have you reached out or heard anything I mean, from them at I all? I just tag them, dude. I tag them as much as I can. Um, if I can get in contact with whoever is, is in charge. And I mean, that's all it takes. It's just for somebody to give me up. I, the right person sees my videos. I know I could get a shot in prison, you know. And, and I, just me kind of just finding those right contacts to be like, yo, check this guy out, man. You know, this guy wants to fight in Japan. And he got some crazy style, dude. Like, it's exciting. You know, he has a fan base. And and hopefully it'll come, man. I just, like I said, like, you know, uh, I was listening to Will talk one day and he said like, yeah, man, you just got to keep taking what you can get. And then eventually that door will open. You know, one of the things with that though, one of these bigger organizations, they're probably going to want to lock your contract so you can't compete in other things. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but for, for the most part, even with one, they still say, as long as it's not an MMA bout, you can kind of, you can still c compete. So, and I mean, if I could say I'm a risen fighter and I can still compete in jujitsu, which is really popular in Japan, you know, I think that that still helps me out, you know. And if, as long as they get, I mean, shoot, I'm already fighting once a year. If I get signed to a risen contract and I'm only fighting once or twice a year, I mean, my situation isn't really that changed, you know. Which is hopefully more money and a bigger stage. Exactly, you know, and that's that's the goal, man. I mean, I um, like I said, I'm no longer striving for like a superstardom or for or for a anything like that i'm striving for mastery of myself and my martial arts and and, and learning how to ma master this craft that i decided to take on man since i was 16. Now, i know you said you you're talking to brave right now as well right yeah yeah so um Amr fights for them and he was in contact and he sent a couple of videos out and they're interested and um there's no definite yet but they definitely would like to have me on the september at the end of september which would be perfect you know gives me a little time to heal up after fmd get back into camp, you know, and, and just do it again, man. Try and at least grind out three. I would like to try and grind out three fights 
before this year is over. So it's a hefty goal, right? You got to stay injury free. You got to stay healthy. But you know what, man? I mean, I, I chose this life and I know that, you know, sometimes you got to you got to risk yourself, not just your health, not just potential death, but like you got to you got to throw yourself out there and just see, you know, like for me in the next few years, I, you know, like I, as a welterweight, I've yet to hit my peak. So I still have a lot of time to grow. And then at least in that time, if I can rack up a few more fights, you know, having eight or nine fights on my record, I think will now appeal to bigger promotions. Now with Brave, is that a one-off or would they want to sign you to a contract? Brave, from what I heard, it'd just be a one-fight deal, as, as far as I know. Okay. That was what I was told last. Now at Welter, how much do you cut? Because you're a pretty big dude. Welterweight um, right now uh, probably be about 15 pounds. Now you'd cut that or you would just – are you going to get leaner going into the nah, fight? No, man. I just cut it, dude. I mean I come from a wrestling background, dude. It's it's, it's That's – I, like I think last time we talked, I tried to go down a fifty uh, to go down and fight at one fifty at lightweight. Yeah, you 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 wanted to like do one fifty five. Yeah, you and so about you can and give so, it a shot. Exactly, and I did it, and I didn't like it, bro. Like I felt skinny. I felt like people could blow me over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I felt really weak. And you, you'd be huge at fifty five. Yeah, bro. yeah. I mean, if, if if it was a good, it cut. was a good cut. You know, but um, I tried doing it. Like I started walking around. I think the lowest I got was about eighty two. But, man, I, I just felt weak, bro. Like, I felt like I wasn't very strong. You know, when I started competing in a couple of grappling tournaments, it, it, I just felt like uh, the same timing, the same what I was used to wasn't there. And I was like, you know what, man, I got to get back to lifting weights and eating food because I feel miserable at this weight. <laughs> so so just the, the test run didn't work for I, you? I just didn't feel good, man. You know, I, I just the fact that I, I felt like my competition could just, just like – easily manhandle me just did, i didn't like that feeling so it's like man i just got back and then work doing kettlebell work and, and and lifting weights again and you know what i i just feel better at welterweight man you know if that's what you feel good at man nothing wrong with yeah, that yeah i mean look at like we just saw pettis and diaz both guys who fight at 55s but they look they look fantastic today at welterweight i i, I gotta say i thought pettis looked uh really really good compared to his last welterweight outing as far as physically like the way his body yeah looked. yeah he looks strong man and, and i mean look at you I mean he knocked out wonder boy so it's like how yeah. how much does this weight thing really matter even though i I'm doing it for a different reason. I think I perform the best at welterweight. I was just doing it because if I figured it'd give me more opportunities for fights, but you know, it, it didn't change the situation. So, you know, screw it, man. Why, why be miserable when I, when I can feel good and, and perform good, you know? Yeah. And it gives you better training, right? I mean, you're, you're just feeling all around better. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Exactly. man. So it sounds like you, you've got everything kind of lined up. You're moving in the right direction for the fight, and everything's going well for you up in Shanghai. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know? every, everything everything's going really good. Like, I'm glad I made the move. I mean, I'll, I'll always get – obviously, if anybody moves to a new place, everybody's kind of nervous because I'm leaving something that – you know, I lived in Bangkok for most of my time there, and, you know, yeah. it was kind of nerve-wracking in the beginning. But these guys here at Team Quest, man, welcomed me with open arms, dude, and got brought me into the family and – you know, I, I already have a lot of fam, uh, friends up here, so it was it was an easy transition, and, and I feel for the better. You know, I feel I feel in my my heart and my soul that I'm in a, I'm more grounded, and I feel in a better place, and and I feel like my my training and and everything like that is a reflection of it. You know, like being given my brown belt when I really wasn't expecting it was it was an awesome feeling. You know, I can imagine that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, man, and, and I mean like, and that just shows what what I've been doing up here. You know, I'm working hard, and 
hey man come august 31st are you repping or what's going on no no i'm not repping man i think i'm stepping away from the repping game i'll just i'll be covering the fights uh on the podcast oh, what dude you, you why how, how come how come you out yeah, i think i just kind of want to have a little bit of separation you know it's you know it's it's difficult to cover things you know without bias when you're in the midst yeah. of it you know what i mean yeah well at least it's good at least you're good about transparency man <laughs> try to be man you know I, I i i've been thinking about it for a while too you know there was a few a few things that went down that i wasn't incredibly comfortable with and you know from from an officiating standpoint and you know as things kind of really slowed down i stopped traveling internationally to do it and you know plus it's been i don't think i, I haven't reffed anything since the last fmd which was a year ago yeah. so i'm definitely not in the best position to step in there and ref fights at that level with having a year gap and experience with, you know, actual practical experience. So it just made the most sense for me to kind of step away from it. Yeah, man. Oh, that sucks, dude. I, lo- I always love having you as my ref, man. <laughs> you, you know, and, and, I, and I, I would love to again, but by the same token, it's not fair to you guys. Like I haven't done it for a year. Yeah. So like it, it's putting you guys in a position to have someone who who's just not as sharp as they need to be to do it. Right. So John had actually asked me and you know I it it's just not the right fit for me. So especially like right now like I said having been a year away from it, you know, I I just haven't stayed up on that skill set and it's a very important skill set cuz there's safety involved. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah, I mean it's a good call. I mean it's a bummer. I think you're one of the best refs out here. <laughs> Uh, appreciate it. Well, was, was was i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> yeah but yeah man, i'll be looking forward to seeing you fight out and definitely when you're out here if you get a chance uh if you're hanging around for a few days afterwards let's uh, meet up and do another podcast yeah, absolutely man love to catch up dude hey what, what before uh before we bounce what, what do you uh what do you think about all this epstein stuff dude no you've been laughing out all my stories dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, your memes are just amazing <laughs> you're definitely you're definitely taking it on those memes man um, oh yeah the, the one with the tire swing that, that was fantastic <laughs> got dirt on the clintons dude there you go <laughs> oh man yeah yeah it's like it's a weird story man it's crazy but yeah i don't know i don't buy into all the uh conspiracy stuff but at the same time it's kind of hard not Bro, to. Bro, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, not that I was like always like a closet conspiracy guy. It's just that like for me, uh, you know, I always knew like the government was always up to some corruption stuff and the CIA always like goes in and messes up with governments. But like when you, you know, and then it gets to a certain point where you're talking about lizard people and satanic pedophile rings and it's like, <laughs> all right, dude, maybe, maybe it's time to not delve any further but then like once you kind of start hearing all this stuff coming out it's like holy shit dude fucking these, these crazy tinfoil hat motherfuckers are right bro this stuff is actually going on <laughs> and it makes you nervous man. It's, yeah. like, holy. it's definitely it's definitely something that makes you scratch your head yeah right? man but... well like like i listen to alex jones every now and then and people get like real weird about that but like the way i explain alex jones is like his delivery is so weird, but what he's saying is, is right, right? So I always, always, always give somebody the analogy of this. It's like if you're walking down the street and you know you're about to turn the corner onto the next street, you hear this guy yelling out, two plus two is four at the top of his lungs. And you're like, Well, yeah, duh, man. Like, you know, you don't have to yell it out. Everybody knows that. It's pretty simple. He keeps yelling it out, two plus two is four. He's like, Yeah, 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 dude. You don't have to freaking yell out. And you turn the corner. 
and you see it's a homeless dude naked shoving quarters up his ass saying it. Does it still change <laughs> what he's saying? Does it change the fact that what he's saying is true? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of times that Alex Jones is screaming two plus two is six. It, that it is true, but I also think it's to cover his own ass because I think you got to throw in some crazy stuff every now and then so you don't end up like Epstein, you know, amazingly suicidal. This is the thing that I, I often wonder <laughs> is Alex Jones, is he serious or is he just like the greatest performance artist of our generation? I don't know, dude, because you know what? That's a, that is a good argument because. Is he Andy Kaufman and all of us? Oh, man. I mean, that would be nuts if he is. I, I I was always under the impression that this guy just has too much shit in his head. Like, it reminds me of like like, like the guy it, who who said who figured out in the medical like thing like, oh, you should wash your hands before you go operate or go deliver a baby because you have germs on your hands. And doctors back then were saying, oh, dude, a, a doctor doesn't a gentleman doesn't wash his hands before performing. And then he that guy went crazy, like he went psycho. And then find out years later that, yeah, he was right about that practice. <laughs> you know, man, I, I just think like when I when I look at Alex Jones and he could just be so deep in his method that he's got us all snowed. And, you know, it's a complete show. Man, man, he's, then he's yeah, by far he's Andy Kaufman and everybody for sure. Then, man, because. Like, if, did you see the the video after um, the Lawler Covington fight of uh, Colby talking to the kid and just giving him like some real heartfelt advice? No, no, I haven't. No, it was like right after the fight, and uh, this kid's asking him. He's like, "Yo, man, what what does it take to like get it to the next level? I'm training. I just, you know, I'm I'm really committed." And completely out of character, Colby's like. Look, man, is like you gotta like skip those parties. That's what I do. I don't go out. I'm not going on dates. I'm not drinking. I'm in the gym every day. You know, completely out of character. I mean, I think a lot of us know Kobe's in oh. character because he's sort of bad at playing the character that he's playing. But he, but but he's good at it in a certain way. He broke character, and like I think for a lot of people who thought that was really his personality, who haven't been following his career before he was doing that, you know, they were like, "Oh my God, that's crazy!" But the reality is, he he is trolling us. He's he's legit, just in that character, and you know, he's he's kind of overplaying it so that it, I guess it, maybe it'll be easier for him to walk away when he's done with that character. But I, I kind of put Alex Jones in that same camp. I wonder. You know, is he this crazy or does he does he really believe that there are gay frogs or is he just an incredible actor? <laughs> I mean, shoot. I mean, I think you must use hyperbole just to get the message across, you know, because otherwise you're like, yeah, OK, whatever. The, the American government is listening in on everything you do, every conversation you have. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. But it doesn't sound as crazy when he starts saying it's like some Orwellian thing going on, you know, foaming at the mouth, ripping your <laughs> <Yeah>. shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know it's just, he, he takes it to another level yeah yeah you're right man and then like with colby too like that's another example man like um like some of the guys out here in team quest because you know it's an oregon based place a lot of the guys knew colby and they said the same thing that you know if you meet him in person he's a nice guy dude he's very well spoken you know he comes from a good family and this and that and, you know, he even says, like, yeah, that this is a character because nobody wants to make me be a nice guy. Nobody likes that. You know, I have to be all this to get an opportunity. Well, dude, he was putting in work before before all of this, you know. Yeah, and, man. And no one, no one paid attention. Like, if you followed his career, you know, he was killing it. And then 
he was just not getting the opportunities. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, and I, and I mean, for, for guys like me who thought that what gets you to the game is your skill set, you kind of slowly start realizing when you're looking around and you go to different camps after a while, you start realizing, oh, wait, some of the best guys don't always get those opportunities. It's just because this guy has this look or maybe he's funny or whatever he does, he gets the opportunity, you know, so it's not based off a of skill set. And I think at the beginning when Conor McGregor was on his march, he had realized that he's like, oh, all these guys aren't training as hard as they say they are. They're all lazy fucks. So if I put in the work, I can take over this whole place, you know? Colby is 15 and one, right? Yeah. 15 and one. And he was just, he was just running through people in the UFC. He's got one loss in the UFC and then he's beaten a bunch of really high level guys. No one started to even pay attention to him until he beat Dos Anjos and he started this Colby Covington character. Yeah. With the, with the MAGA hat and everything and the girls and stuff. And it's like, yeah, man, it's like, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, and this is why I like John as like, you know, as somebody who like I've fought for his promotion for all of my professional career. And what I like about him is that we, we hang out and we do talk and he does give me advice on, on what I should be doing. And he's like, well, bro, you're an entertainer first and foremost. Yeah. You're an athlete. Everybody knows you're a good athlete. You're, you're a good fighter, but you have to entertain people. And if people don't want to, if, if you can't get people to watch you, it doesn't matter how good your skill set is, you know? I mean, and John's like, a character himself. I mean, he, I believe John is a, a method actor and he is always, you know, always keeping kayfabe alive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then, I mean, and then for me, once I kind of realized I built up this skill set, yeah, you can do that because. You know, I like professional wrestling, man. You know, I, I'm a big fan of it coming from a catch wrestling background, but I like pro wrestling. It's like, yeah, dude, why not? Why not be like this a little bit of a character, dude? If that's what helps get me the fights that I want, then I have no problem doing it. You know, and everybody already kind of puts me, if maybe it's just the way I look as like a Diaz or a Mazzabal type guy. I mean, shit, that's where I did grow up, you know, like, yeah, I, I can be hood too, dude. So yeah, man, I'll, I'll fucking I can talk shit with these fools and then smack their ass up. And hey, talk you grew, shit you grew up in like SoCal, kids. right? Yeah, dog. I grew up in fucking East County, East County, San Diego, man. That's the twenty minutes from the border, bro. From and the day go, day go, bro. <laughs> and I mean, and then growing up there, dog. When you're when you're a, a Mexican, like half Mexican kid, half native kid, and you don't speak Spanish, you always fighting with the fucking immigrant guys all the time because of the fact you don't speak Spanish. Because these motherfuckers are always calling you a coconut, they calling you this and that, and then you gotta tell them, well, fuck you, bro. You maybe you should speak English. And so that's why I grew up fighting, bro. That's how I always grew up fighting people. It's that life. And yeah, man. And then like with this shit on uh, with the monarchy guys, you know, like we started a little bit of beef on the fucking Facebook because they posted, a, I think it was, I don't know what ass clown from Asian MMA posted a photo of me getting bashed in the face at their headline for the announcement for me and Mustafa fighting. You know, they one of the guys starts uh, I saying, think it's your boy Goiter. yeah, dude. Well, so, well, I don't know. No personal thing, but I thought it was a little fucked. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I thought that that was definitely a uh, an interesting photo to choose as the, the headline for that. Yeah, man. So then it's like, well, okay, man. Well, they're trying to pitch me like I'm the fucking chump, you know, and that dude that freaking just KO'd me got KO'd by Glenn and got knocked out in one Warrior Series. So it's like, well, you know what? Everybody's like trying to clout chase on me. I'm a hard worker. I put on exciting fights, and now everybody tries to hop on my my bandwagon. Tries to hop on and get all my people, dude. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you guys ain't nowhere near the fighter that I am. The only reason I lost that fight 
you, you thank God that your cup broke, bro. You know what I took? Did I ever tell you right after the last FMD 16, before he got up to fight Glenn, I tossed him a freaking Thai steel cut, bro. And a baby one, too. An extra small one I made. <laughs> I said, here, man, just in case you need this, I brought this for you. Uh, in Thailand, that's called large. That's called large. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> no, large so, so really, you, you, you threw him a, uh, a steel cup, huh? Yeah, man, right before the fight. I was like, hey, bro, that's for you, just in case you need it. That's yours. You know, and I'll be bringing an extra one from Mustafa just in case, dog. Because these <laughs> motherfuckers can't be wearing no fucking bullshit ass Pop Warner Pee Wee fucking Junior League plastic cup no more, bro. You know, God damn it, we live in Thailand, dog. And we know nut shots happen. That's why they make them out of steel. Yeah, I, I was actually a bit surprised at the uh, at the the choice of a plastic cup. There, it's, it, it's very rare that you see someone in Asia rocking a non-metal cup. Hell no, because, man, dude, I mean, that's what I told him. I was like, bro, you're a pro fighter, man. You know, you know how many times I've been kicked in the dick? I wear a tight steel cup made by Fairtex, you know, sponsor FMD. Just letting you guys know. They make the best steel cup in the game. Actually, I've got, I've got a Fairtex steel cup. It is actually uh, quite nice. It's quite nice, bro. I know my fucking family jewels are protected. My kids will thank me later, you know? Absolutely, man. <laughs> So, I mean, do, you, do like, you think, like, uh, you finish this off, it puts it to rest with Monarchy or what? It'll put it to rest with Monarchy. Like, I got respect for him. Like, the boy Shamrock, he kind of started some banter. And I told him, I was like, you know what, bro? Thank you for trying to sell this fight because your boys couldn't sell this fight if it was a fucking, you know, if they were selling ice and a hot day in hell, dog. You know, <laughs> I get it. At least somebody's doing it. You know, I know I sell tickets. I, I hustle. You know, every event, every FMD event, I sell minimum 60 tickets. Minimum. And I, that's only what I get a cut from. I know I get a ton of more people that come last minute all the time. So, and when I look on the Facebook readings and I look on that, I move the meter, dude. So I know I'm the star, you know, I know I, I'm who everybody comes to watch, you know? So if these guys want to sit there and ride my dick and say like, you know, Oh, you know, Bobby ain't shit. We're going to post this picture of them. It's like, well, fuck bro. You know, let me, let me show this picture of Glengate whooping your boy's ass right now. You know, Come back to me when you're on a winning streak, dog, because that's the only win you got. And you got that because you had a 10-minute break. You know, you got to replace. You got a five-minute break, and you got another minute break to switch out cups. You know, so I, I'm bringing an extra cup just for them just so they don't happen. Yeah, if you hit you in the nuts, you get in only five minutes, dog. That's all you're getting. That's it. That's all you're getting, bro. And then, and then I'm coming at you with everything I got, you know. So with that you know like like i said i got respect for those fools like they got a win over me you know i'm not overlooking this mustafa guy i know i know he has half the experience i know he, he you know i feel i feel he buckles under the pressure when i've seen all of his fights i see he doesn't do well when he's getting back and he doesn't do well in the later rounds and i'll break him i know i'll break him you know i got that mexican cardio in me dude i got that win i can go three four, i can go i can go 25 minutes if i need to in that fight you guys fighting three fives though right Three fives, man. But you know that cage is small. You know the action is press, and you got to work. And I'm going to make fast homeboy pace, work. Fast pace, fast pace. Yeah, and homeboy's got to work with me, and he's going to. Nice. All right, Javi, I think let's wrap it up, brother. I'll let you uh, get some rest. I know you've got training. All right, all right, man. Yeah, tomorrow. Wrestling. August 31st, right? August 31st, Full Metal JoJo. Soy Fury, man. This is the 17th time around. Your boy is headlining his co-main event, man. You know I'm going to put on a great fight. Come out. Tickets are online. Buy them at the door. Club Insanity, dude. Come to hang out with your boy. Come party with me afterwards, and we're going to have a good show. Nice. All Javi's links to his uh, social will be in the show notes. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you, brother.